This is the Basketball Buds. Welcome to the Basket Buds edition of the Back to Bag Podcast on the Athletic Podcast Network. I'm Zach Harper. We got Trevon Edwards. We got Jay King. We got Dave DeFour. We have the cultural anthropologist Wozni Lambre. We've got Jade Hoy producing. And we've got basketball. We've got a schedule. You know, assuming they ever get to the schedule because everyone's getting coronavirus in the NBA. But let's say they get to the schedule. We've got a schedule. They determined it by going with the next eight games on the schedule minus the Delete Eight teams. Uh, Then, you know, you just move up to the next one. They had to make sure that everyone had the same amount of games and all this stuff, right? So they, they finagled the schedule. It benefits the Pelicans. The Grizzlies still have a tough schedule like they were going to before. Portland has a brutal schedule. Um... I guess, Waz, as as we look at this schedule, as we look at what the plan is for coming back, and you know, we've got a lot, we got a lot to digest with all the coronavirus news and positive tests and everything. You know, Denver Nuggets have now have reportedly shut down their practice facility. Spencer Dinwiddie has not only the virus, but he has symptoms. He has chest tightness. He has fever. Wilson Chandler has pulled out. DeAndre Jordan has the virus and has pulled out. Um, do you feel like? You feel like we're going to get this thing going. Yeah, I, I still still believe we're going to get this thing going um, financially. Again, people need to keep that at the front of their minds. Um, it's literally a billion dollars between the players and the owners at stake here for this 100 days of Disney basketball. Um, and so, yeah, I just think they're so driven by the, the amount of money that that um, is on the table if they basically come 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 to the you know come get to Orlando with scraps of teams right like Brooklyn is going to be literally a, a third of Brooklyn a, is a out shell of now granted like Kyrie and KD weren't going to play anyway but like a third of them are right. out right um they're going to be a shell of themselves but again like they were never going to do anything there um I think what you're seeing with the DeAndre Exodus and Wilson Chandler is just like. For who? For what? I, I don't need it. I, I did. They they don't need it, and I'm sure organizationally they've had to reach out to these guys and be like, "Look, if if you're not up to it, um, don't worry about it. You know, nobody's gonna nobody's gonna you're not gonna be penalized for it." So I'm not surprised. Um, uh, again, like people uh, staying staying home for family reasons and and that type of stuff that doesn't surprise me either. But you know, I I still haven't heard anything from the Clippers. Or the Lakers, aside from Avery Bradley, of course, or Milwaukee, or you know any of the teams that we think like feel like they they have a legitimate shot to take this thing. So I'm I'm not surprised one bit. You know, it's funny. The the, the aside from the societal parts of the uh, the criticisms about the NBA coming back with what's happening in Florida, my biggest criticism of this whole thing was including a bunch of teams that have no shot at winning a yep. title. And, you know, statistically, (laughs) after 65 games, the odds of you coming back from uh, a three game or more deficit are extremely slim. It's like one point seven percent or something like that. Don't quote me. I don't have it in front of me. But this is a this is like another instance of that. Right. Like Brooklyn wasn't going to do anything. We knew this. Like if 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 they could have just brought back four teams, I don't think anybody maybe maybe eight. I don't think anybody could really make an argument that we would have gotten a different result by including 22 teams. So, uh, you know, I, I'm kind of with you, Waz. It's uh, it's a little bit of like a, eh, okay, that's fine. That, 
that was one of my biggest takeaways from the schedule release was just how much bad basketball is going to be played in the bubble. Mm-hmm. I've I fa- I favorited one of Shams's tweets because I was just like, oh my goodness, that that's not going to be a f- lot of fun to watch. And so that I think the first full day of NBA basketball begins with Orlando versus the Nets, goes to Grizzlies Blazers, which could be fun. Then it's Suns Wizards, King Spurs are in there. Like Celtics Bucks will be fun, but there's just going to be a lot of bad basketball in the bubble. And I don't think it's necessary. I think we're seeing with guys backing out that they don't really think it's necessary. I think we've seen that there are a lot of you know, players testing positive for coronavirus. We apparently the the Nuggets shut down their practice facility because of some positive tests. And it, it's weird to even kind of discuss this right now and analyze it from a sports perspective, because like, yeah, you can talk about the Nets are missing half their roster, and this guy backed out, that guy backed out. The Nuggets, you know, they're missing out on a chance to work out in their facility, get shots up, get some of their skills back. Like at the same time, this is a deadly virus, <laughs> you know? And so mm-hmm. it's, it's very bizarre to kind of talk about the sports impact of this when really like we should be thinking, oh, okay, is Spencer Dinwiddie going to be okay? How is DeAndre Jordan going to be like, how are his lungs going to be long-term with this? And so it's it's strange to me right now because you do think like, OK, the Nets are decimated right now and and they are from a basketball perspective. But it's a lot more important than that. Well, I think that's part of it, right? Like, Trey, with with what the with what the league's going on, you know, has going on with with positive tests and everything, even the asymptomatic guys like we just found out from Rudy Gobert in an interview that like he he still can't smell the way he used to smell, right? Like his his sense of smell is not is not fully well, he recovered. Doesn't have, he doesn't have it at all. Yeah, like it, like he, and they're, it, and they're taking. They said it's going to take about a year to return. Right, and and uh, like, look, you don't. It's not like he needs to sniff out a pick and roll, right? Like that's not well, how I don't that know. Works, maybe that's but, why he's so good at it. Yeah, maybe it is so good at right. He's like he just smells. He's like ice. Yeah, <laughs> that's what we do, right? Like maybe that's what it is. But um, but Trey, like we don't know. To Jay's point, we don't know the the long term ramifications of this stuff. We like it is a respiratory disease, and this is going to mm-hmm. shock a lot of people. But pro athletes need their need their lungs. Like they need their lungs to be able to have the wind and have the you know the stamina and everything. And um, and Spencer Dinwiddie, like I. I think you have to be concerned, Nikola Jokic, whether he's showing signs or not. Buddy Heal, Jabari Parker, all these guys, like, like that is going to be something where I think it's not just going to affect the basketball or the human aspect of it. I think it might affect the future of like contracts and how they're insured and how like much teams are willing to commit and everything. Like, it may have like ramifications beyond the health, which obviously the health is the most important part. But Trey, we don't know how this thing is going to affect the future of the NBA. Absolutely. I mean, where do you even start? I mean, definitely you're talking about just making long-term sacrifices. Uh, Fran Van Vliet said, oh, I would probably wouldn't have played if more people would have said they're not playing. Um, it, it has it has that possible effect where, you know, it could it could end up on some long-term damage. I, you know, I hate to be the compare and contrast. It's just like taking the risk of playing football and dealing with concussions sure. in, the, in the after effect of it. You know what I mean? So, um, thinking about this and saying, okay, yeah, I'll go to the bubble. You play in a bubble. You contract coronavirus. You, you you quarantine and you go back and play. 
And then you find out years later that, you know, you have lung damage or whatever in your body is actually breaking down and God forbid something happens. We're going to look back at this season. Like, why did we even do this? You know what I mean? Like, and you know, I, I've been I've been based in 2020 off of like those futuristic movies that always kind of go into the future. And then they, they kind of do the museum of like, hey, 2020 was a crazy year because this and this. But it also changed all this for the future. And this no longer happens anymore. Um, yeah, it's it's something that needs to be taken seriously. But again, these guys are willing to risk it all. Um, and I and I just hope that we don't get any bad results out of it. Yeah. Was with. With this, like, players were going to catch it regardless, right? And so I don't, I mean, I guess because we don't know what the virus does, like, you know, with, with long-term stuff, like, I I don't know that playing with it or without it is going to make it any worse. Like, I don't know if that's going to accelerate how it is in your body. You know, I, I don't know what that's going to be. I was I was talking to an epidemiologist this weekend, and, and I mentioned, like, you know, Dr. Anthony Fauci said that it's actually a, a pretty good plan considering what the NBA is doing, right? It's a pretty good plan considering. She was like, yeah, it's a solid plan. But then she asked, but do you want solid or do you want like great? Right. <laughs> and that's the question. Like the NBA has opted for a there's solid no, there's plan. There's no version of this that's right. Great. Like, the NBA has opted there's for no a solid of- plan, but not a great plan, not a perfect plan. Obviously, the the, the perfect plan is at least for the health is just cancel the, yeah, season. Cancel the season and then <laughs> like and then and then we the see the the plan. ramifications of what happens when they tear up the cba and everything like it's it's going to become a mess right. but it might become a mess regardless yeah i i the, like you know we, we remember when the rumblings started coming out about how they were going to go about bringing this thing back um and terms like nobody wants to feel imprisoned and blah 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 started leaking in the reports and that's when i knew <laughs> this thing wasn't going to be some airtight situation. Right. Um, because if you wanted it to be airtight, it's skeleton crew. Um, it's probably less, t- obviously, like Dave mentioned earlier, less teams. And, you know, get this thing done in as quickly a fashion as possible. Um, make sure you put a product on TV. Everybody go home and do what they do. That being said, I think out of the 300 and something players tested, I think 16 tested positive. Am I, am I making that up? 16 of the um, 302, but that's yeah, not, 16. that's not full rosters, right? Like, cause that should be well over 350 players. We don't know it's the more, It's more now after the Nuggets thing. Yeah. So. yeah. It's more now after the mm. Nuggets and, and, and also on top of that, we don't know coaches. We don't know support staff yet. Right. Like that's, and then right. that's probably factored into what the Nuggets news is today. And and that's why I was just like, I mean, sixteen out of three hundred ain't five percent, right? <laughs> so like, bad. That's, that's, yeah. That sounds good, but also there's gonna be more exposure. Like this is just the first round of like official testing. Yep. Right? Like there's gonna be yep. more. Like we see that in in the soccer leagues overseas, right? Like they're you know week two, week three of coming back, and like yeah, now you know they're getting they're still getting positive tests, obviously. Yeah, and so and so that's why I'm just like, look, uh, this is the best plan that could be put together when you consider the guys, the the players specifically, and this and it's important for people to know this when they're critiquing the plan. These guys are fighting for some of this stuff when it comes to how many family members or bodyguards or trainers or whatever gets to come with me to Orlando. 
for the duration of this season um, reopening. Um, this is what the players want. <laughs> like they could have did a plan that was completely clean and solid, um, but that's not what they their preference was. Their preference was some level of comfort rather than the extreme discomfort of living in Central Florida for a hundred days. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, like this, this is just what it is, man. This is what it is, guys. Uh, I, you know, Fred Van Vliet said, if we had known then, you know, I think it it changes things. It changes the decision. I think maybe for him it does. But I don't know that I – Jay, I don't know that I believe that for, like, the players as a whole because, as we've stated before and as we'll continue to state, this is still a money grab, right? You can argue it's an important money grab. Sure, like, however you want to parse that out, I'm I'm with it. But but it's still a money grab, and I still think the money would have driven players to – and and I don't say that in a pejorative way. Like it would have driven players to to still opt to mostly play. Yeah. Right. I still think you're getting the majority there to say, no, 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 we got to play. Yeah. And I, I think the one thing I really took issue with during Adam Silver's press conference on Friday was when he said that their NBA is coming back for like the the general good to to give yeah. people a distraction or whatever it was that he said. It's like no, 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 no. You are not doing this for for Joe fans sitting at home. Right, so right. that Te- teaser, you may be reading something about that for me. This yeah, week. The league only I, exists yeah, to make money on this. Like yeah. it's a business. Quit, yes. quit trying to paint yes. it as something that it's not. It's not disingenuous. And, it's and I don't, else. I don't think it's it's wrong for the NBA to want to salvage so much money with the amount of money at stake. Like the NBA has plenty of reason to come back to the bubble and the players have plenty of reason to come back to the bubble and they had plenty of reason to come to the best possible solution they could think of which was this bubble and and so i get that i i just don't think they should frame it like like this is for the general good like no no this this is has nothing to do with with that whatsoever this is about getting dollar bills and and trying to salvage whatever they can financially uh, otherwise the league would be shut down and and none of these players would be testing positive because they'd be in their homes and they wouldn't be in the facilities. So that I, I definitely took issue with that. Um, and, but from a player's perspective, like you said, there there are just there's a lot of reason to, to try this. And, and I, I just I just think there's a lot that can go wrong. And. Obviously, like we've seen guys start to test positive. Um, It's 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 very strange because when a guy tests positive, it's kind of like like just another number, you know, like it's just another like statistic. It's it's not it doesn't always register like that guy has a deadly virus, you know, And, and I think. I think more people should probably look at it that way. Like there is a deadly virus going around the practice facility in Denver and they had to shut down. Um, The other part of this that is interesting to me is like, I think there's a lot of chance for like just weird, weird, weird stuff to happen in this bubble that obviously we've, we've never seen before in the NBA. Like what, what does happen? Yeah, or society in general, but but what like basketball wise, like what happens when 
LeBron James or like some superstar tests positive and has to quarantine for a while and his team loses in the second round instead of winning a championship. I, I think the there is just so much room for weird stuff to happen that I, you talk about the asterisk and all that. And I don't think there should be like necessarily an asterisk because whoever does persevere and win a championship this season, assuming we get to a champion is going to have to earn it. Like no team ever has before, like staying in shape during four mm-hmm. months of a hiatus coming back together, you know, staying away from injury and, and staying healthy and staying together and all that stuff. But I, I do think like you're, you're going to one, there are going to be things that happen. That's like, this is, this is not normal. And, and the team that won, the team that wins may not really be the best team. Well, you know, you, you brought up the asterisks. The entire year has an asterisk on it for all of us. Right. Like, I don't think that we need to, like, do this thing Thanks. in the record book. <laughs> I, I, I posited the idea that maybe we should add an exclamation point instead of an asterisk just because, like, this is just such an action packed year. Right. This is the ultimate test of, yeah. of I Will. Like, I still like a winky face. <laughs> I mean, it's just. So these Le- dudes Le- actually LeBron, putting so their lives LeBron wins on the, the line. Disney Cup, then he's greater than Jordan. <laughs> 100%. I mean, listen. He's at least I, I got to worry. It's coronavirus <laughs> and hey, look, My goat didn't Trey, have to deal with the global pandemic. Five titles. Yeah, it's worth. Well, hold on. Hold on. Michael Jordan did. He shared a locker room with Dennis Rodman. Who knows what was floating <laughs> around? Fair. There, okay. Fair. <laughs> yeah. He pulled him out of a hotel room with Karma Lecture and some people. Like, mm. we don't know what De- we don't know what Dennis put people through. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I mean, I just I, I think that any any talk of like asterisks or whatever, I don't think anyone's going to forget 2020. Maybe a hundred years from now, when they're dealing with their next pandemic and also don't want to wear masks. Right. Actually, on the other side of that, I think, like, people might not remember 2020. <laughs> there's been so much going on, right? Yeah. Like, there's point. been so much. Like, it was it was five months ago Kobe Bryant died, right? Like, does right. anybody remember that, that like, in like terms of it being this ago. year? Like, yeah, it seems so yeah. long ago. I mean, we're six months and, away and, from, uh, you know, uh, we assassinated someone in Iran, uh, an Iranian official, and they shot down a commercial uh, plane. And I forgot that that happened this year. Yeah, that was a, <laughs> that was a global event yeah. at the time. Yeah. <laughs> but we just, we just move along. Yeah. Man. Cause I like in talking about like whether or not this is going to, this championship is going to be remembered. But the deeper we get into this year, the more I'm just like, I don't know that people are going to remember. We even put sports back on. I, I see. Like, I disagree we'll, we'll with that it. entirely. I think this will be. It'll be like like during the the eight games of the regular season. It'll be like March Madness every single day, like game after game after game after game sure. after game, and everyone's going to be watching. It'll be like re- remember when nothing was going on and you couldn't really go anywhere and you didn't feel comfortable even going sitting down at a restaurant. But then the NBA came back and. They played game after game after game after sure, game. But and- Jay, Jay, can you can you remember all the people in the horse contest? 
I, I was anti-horse in the first place. <laughs> that was, yeah, I, didn't, I didn't watch one second of that. That was the single dumbest idea anyone has put on during during this pandemic. Uh, there was never a chance that horse televised horse was going to be entertaining from people from people filming it Dude, on their on their I, yo, iPhones I in the backyard. You, like I thought you were talk for two seconds. I thought you guys were talking about the. The horse from like ten years ago. <laughs> oh, the KD. That was about Ron. ten years I ago, man. That they freaking did <laughs> yes. did that. Well, that was the oh, that was the they did a, a remote competition of horse. Oh my! Well, God. as you remember, there was an epic battle between Kevin Durant, Rajon Rondo, and Omri Caspi. <laughs> it was the other one in that in that original horse competition. From we got ago. a great pair of shoes out of that, though. KD dropped the horse. That's true. Way. That's true. It was a great yeah, pair so of I'm shoes. Not, I'm not mad. I'm not mad at that. <laughs> uh, but I I really like. Look, Jay, people are going to talk about this, like, and they're going to watch it in the moment. I'm just talking about five years from now. I don't know that we're going to, like, even, re- like, I don't think people are going to be arguing, well, you know, Giannis's first title didn't really count because I don't know that we're going to have the wherewithal to remember sports happening this year. Yeah. I mean, I mean, th- that's fair. But I-, I just think, like, after all that's happened, and, and I, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna sound like Adam Silver here. People oh people boy. do need a release, and people people are craving sports right now. Like I, I yes, I, I when the schedule came out, I thought there's going to be a lot of bad basketball played in the bubble. But at the same time, I was like, I cannot wait to see Zion play again. I cannot wait to see the Bucks versus Celtics. I cannot wait to see the Rockets. And James Harden and Russell Westbrook coexisting again. I I can't wait for that. And I I think after so long away, and I know everything's strange right now. I know everything is bizarre, but but you I I think I think everyone's going to remember this because we've never seen anything like this before, and it's all we have. <laughs> like basketball is going to be all we have, and I don't I don't know if if football. Is going to work out. I don't know if the MLB season is going to work out, but if if they put on this bubble, we're going to have a lot of basketball, and some of it will be awful, oh. some of it will be entertaining, some of it will be good. I I just think it it will be memorable, whatever happens. Oh, let me inform you, Jay, that baseball will not work out this year. <laughs> <laughs> and they're traveling like they, it will not work. Out yeah, yeah, I, I'm with you on that one. Um. So, all right, talking about working shifting out, gears a little Smith bit. The Lakers um, we've got some. We've got some news. You know, there was there was concern that NBA players should be you know, from NBA players that they should be focusing more on the protests against police brutality. You know, uh, the Black Lives Matter movement. Um, you know, trying to trying to change a, a system that is um, that is oppressive to Black people and oppressive to minorities uh, in general. Um, but especially to black people. And so we have news that players will be allowed to put messages on their jerseys, essentially. We get uh, Black Lives Matter will be painted on all the courts. And we have the Atlanta Hawks are having State Farm Arena um, become a polling place in Atlanta. Was, to me, only one of those things is actually meaningful right right? and it's the hawks creating a polling place and i'm not saying that there isn't like i do think there's something i was talking about this with amin el hassan on the radio today i do think there's something 
to just an overt display of if you want to watch basketball, you're going to see Black Lives Matter painted on the court, right? Like it's going to be in your face. I don't know that putting messages on jerseys is actually going to do anything. And no offense to Spencer Dinwiddie, but he was going to put trillion on his or he's talking about putting trillion on his jersey because of the the debt in this country. I'm like, well, that's granted like social it's a social issue in some way, but that's not that's not what you that's not what that's not a that's not what was going on. Like that wasn't the discussion, right? In in regards to the movements and stuff. And maybe that was I don't know if it was a joke by him. I don't know if that was serious, but but like but in doing this, right, I do think there's a psychological aspect of you want to watch basketball, you're gonna see this and it's kind of going to get burned into your brain, right? And I like I don't think you're going to stop racist people from being racist um, by just having Black Lives Matter on the court. But these are also like it's not these things aren't changing the conversation necessarily and aren't making real change. Maybe it's like a, a just a chipping away at the rock situation. But like the Hawks turning State Farm Arena into a polling place, LeBron and and those celebrities and athletes, you know, creating the more than a vote movement that that's real change the others the stuff that nba is potentially allowing here is like just very superficial on the surface stuff to me yeah it's 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 the worst kind of activism right it's like it's all symbolic grand gestures that are supposed to i don't know get people in their feels and i'm not against it just as a concept i just feel like because we had that entire conversation about, well, we don't want to be a distraction by coming back to play. Well, we can still do something while coming back to play. Like, yeah, you can still do something. But I like I just I just hope this those messages are being curated and being public relation to death as to not just be so cringy and just terrible. Like, you know, I was looking at my friend my friend boss's Instagram and he was talking about how uh, somewhere they're talking about no longer calling realtors are no longer calling the big bedroom, the master bedroom. <laughs> yeah. Right. Which is like, nobody was thinking about that. Nobody cares right. about that. Meanwhile, like black people pay higher rent in, in white neighborhoods um, than their white neighbors. Right. Um, with the same means, the same resources, they're way less likely to get a loan for a crib. Um, like these are real things that happen in housing, um, in housing discrimination that is killing black people. But we gonna change the Was. name Master Bedroom. It's are so you saying weird. it's, it's, it's just easier thing. to do things like get rid of Aunt Jemima than it is to actually do things that yes, that help solve systemic racism? Crazy. Than to actually materially make. Um, people's lives better and more equitable. Right. You know what I'm saying? And again, I'm I'm look, I'm somebody who I respect the players, I respect their agency, I respect, you know, them being smart enough to know what they're doing. Do I think they can craft meaningful messages on jerseys? No. <laughs> no. I don't. I don't. I just don't. And that's just me. And and the Black Lives Matter on the court again, some of this stuff just comes off as very heavy-handed in all the wrong ways. Um, my man Sam Esfendiari tweeted me, and he said Adam Silver is 
you know, he's that stepdad who lets you do whatever you want in order to ingratiate himself mm-hmm. with you, right? <laughs> to, to earn your love. You know, he's saying that's Adam Silver and it feels like that. It's like this stuff, this is not it. Well, I, I, it's just I, not let it. Let me ask you something about that point real quick, Was is that his, like Adam Silver obviously one works for the owners first and foremost, right? And so his job is to make the owners happy. That way we can have a happy league and we can make money and all this stuff, right? Like, because again, like Dave said earlier, it's a business. Mm-hmm. Like, this, this the point of the NBA is to make money. Um, but even if Adam Silver is the stepdad here, right? I do think there is more positive to it than, than the stigma that's attached to what Sam said. Because if you can have a good working relationship between the guy representing the owners and the players association. I do think that's important. Now this stuff, like granted this stuff with the stuff on the Jersey and black lives matter on the court. Like I think, I think that that's like, I do think it's a weak gesture. I think it's, I I just think it's, it's, it shouldn't, it's not meaningless, but it doesn't have great meaning, but I don't know that him like placating players is necessarily a bad thing. As long as they're also working towards yeah, I, I just hope the NBA has more plan than this. Like, it's it's okay. I mean, if they don't, good God, Jay. <laughs> like, yeah, but have. but they might not. You know, like listen. If, the, the, the thing is, they need to use their money. They need to use their financial powers for good. Yeah. You know, don't put it on the jersey. Spend money. Spend money. Boost messages. That's it. It's not that hard. And and I, I think. It, it comes down to team owners too. Like the players who were threatening to sit out and who were considering doing that, they they wanted to force the owners into real action, not putting Black Lives Matter on the court, not just allowing players to put messages on the backs of their jerseys, like real actual change. And and I, I want to see that. Like th- this stuff. I don't think it's very helpful, but I, I don't hate it as long as it comes with more real attempts at driving change. And obviously, change isn't going to happen right away, but they should be, you know, trying to to fund programs and and wow. and work with organizations that that do drive change instead of just doing this superficial crap. Well, yeah, and I think like to that point, Jay. And Dave, I, I know you're with me on this, but um, the the owners have not to say the players don't have real money, but the owners have like real money, like and right and access, not just they money, but like access. Yeah, they have wealth and they have access well, to some of them. Well, do. Right, some of them do. Sorry, <laughs> um, some of them do, but they have access to the people that can make change, right? right? And so I think putting pressure on the owners, and maybe we're starting to see that with some of these like really like i guess well-meaning but ultimately stupid initiatives from a lot of corporations right over you know throughout this this whole thing where it's like yeah they kind of get it but they don't get it um but it maybe this is where the players can say yeah all this stuff is good but like hey tillman we need you to go talk to these lawmakers right hey like mickey harrison we need you to go talk to these lawmakers we need like we need you guys to put your pressure as wealthy businessmen in this country, we need you to put pressure on these people to make the change that we need. Otherwise, like we have to find something else. And I don't know what that I don't know what that threat that ultimatum ends up being, but that feels like the next step if they're actually going to do stuff, not just saying, "Hey, you can put 
defund the police on your jersey. How about the Ja Morant thing? <laughs> that was that was that was interesting. That was <laughs> that was that interesting. was interesting. <laughs> Do you want to explain to our listeners? Who yeah, so Ja Morant. <laughs> I, I assume somebody else photoshopped. Uh, yeah, I yeah. believe a, it, yeah, a jersey believe of him. Yeah, obviously he's number twelve, and it said you know fuck one two on on the back of his jersey, uh, and he he put it out there. He he. And and for people at home who don't know, like twelve is slang yep. for the cops. So it's wait 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 wait. It's a different line of cops. Everybody just be saying. Fuck 12. 12 is specifically for drugs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so for people that don't know and are always screaming out, fuck 12, it is F the narcotics department. Not the people that's just driving these black and white cars. It's the ones that come with mm. the big alphabet trucks. and They jump out like the movies and they bust down the doors. That's with the, 12. With the, um, with the um, what do they call those big ass, like... Stick like it's oh the battery they rams did not the battery, the battery rams. Rams. Yeah. yeah that's that's like twelve Car- Carver and Herc yeah. in the wire right in the early yes, days exactly. <laughs> right yeah that that exactly. that is who that is who twelve is and I think exactly. a lot of people just yell it and don't actually know what it is um but yeah twelve was a a code for that the you know drug narcotics uh unit was coming I actually thought his his apology yeah. was was interesting because. He didn't just apologize. Like, he apologized for the message and said he knows, I think he said he knows there are good police out there. But he also didn't, like, take it back. He didn't mm-hmm. entirely take it back. And he said, you know, in in the apology, even, he was pushing for change. And so I, I thought his apology was, was interesting because it wasn't just, like, I, I screwed up. It was, like, I screwed up, but also the, the part of the meaning behind my post and the reason I put that out there was real and and we we need to make change. Sorry not sorry. I can imagine Ray Allen rubbing his nose and then texting his godson like, "Hey, that's that's not good. I think you should issue a <laughs> <laughs> Well, what do you I mean, do we think like the league will have to approve this, right? Approve what? whatever gets put on a jersey. Yeah, that's, it's got. There's got to be some type of. There's yeah, be it'll some probably be something committee. else with yeah. no profanity. It, I was interested with uh, Spencer having the 26 trillion before he actually got symptoms. Um, but yeah, I, I, I hate uh, this idea. I'm not even gonna lie to you. I, I don't. It'll love be it like at all. trying to get a feel better. A Ron Mexico Michael Vick jersey. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. He hates. It me. won't happen. Yeah. I mean, what is Vegas doing with these with these bets to see who's going to have George Floyd on their jersey? And and the, and the F twelve thing is funny, er, because it comes on the heels of it being announced that the NBA would be hiring federal agents and well, not I don't even know if it's the NBA. The way the message came out, there was no distinction between how Disney generally secures the place, period, which a lot of people don't know this. Like, that place is a no-fly zone. Like, Disney, a long time ago, has been chosen as one of those places that's going to be protected. 
Um, and when the messaging came out, I don't think people realized that this was already the case over there. They just heard NBA players are going to be hiring cops. What? Right. And as soon, but as soon as like, as soon as Chris Haynes of Yahoo Sports put out this statement for Andre Iguodala, as soon as I saw Andre Iguodala speak on it, I was like, oh, they're good. Right. Like right. Andre Iguodala, right. for those who don't like, he's not going, like, he loves making people uncomfortable in media scrums by saying, you know, stuff about, about race relations and the way black people are treated and all this stuff. Like he's like, he, he revels in, in those moments, right? Like Andre Godala is not going to pull any punches when it comes to this stuff. And when he said, we're going to make sure that it's the, it's the right people doing this stuff. That's when like, cause at first when they put that news out, I'm like, wow, that seems kind of tone deaf. Yeah. Right. Like that seems like, especially with what's going on, what the concerns of the players are, but and maybe I'm. I know it's possible I'm giving Andre Iguodala too much credit, but Zach, was as soon as I as soon as I saw Iguodala talking about it and like accepting it and like saying that this is what we're gonna do, I was like, okay, they're probably good. First of all, what 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 my problem with when people heard it and felt the way, I'm like, these dudes need armed security, right? They're they're going to be celebrities. They're going to be in Central Florida. Yes. They're going to be in a place. It's publicly right. known where they're at. It's public information. Like they're like there's NBA players in that building right there. You think they don't need armed security? I mean, have you ever heard of George Zimmerman? I mean, like, like what are people even talk? Like, I was just like, yo, y'all don't understand the realities of these guys' lives, man. Like, people will do weird things to get near them. Um, and, and might do, and who knows what type of harm they might want to do when they do, in fact, get near these dudes. Um, I was like, shoot, man, unless you want to tell me there's an alternate way to have armed security, right? Like, you don't need um, former uh, special ops people. Uh, you don't need former FBI agents, former cops, or cop or active duty cops. And you can go out and get some type of professionalized armed security all right cool talk to me about that alternative but if you're telling me these cats don't need security that is armed in central florida then you're living in a fucking fantasy land i'm sorry i just don't want him to hire blackwater you know like sure (laughs) just just do that for me right like i understand like it's a necessary evil but um you know let's you know I know the DeVosses well, are involved they, with the I was magic, gonna say, so. I was going to say that goes without saying, but I don't know that anything goes without no. saying anymore, so you're probably right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the, you know. For sure. That I, I, I'm not going to stop because I'm, I'm about to talk about that family in general, but uh, I won't do that. But, yeah, it just, well, just that, don't I mean, hire that pro- them. That, that, that family, <laughs> that like, yeah. that family's got a history. Like, that family shouldn't go unchecked. Uh, I, I just, you know, they're – they're owners of the magic. I, I just, uh, that's my, my biggest concern with this whole thing, uh, on the security front is, you know, just don't hire Blackwater. That's it. It's not, it's not a hard thing to do, right? It's an easy thing to avoid. Um, with the, with, with what the Hawks are doing and turning State Farm Arena into a polling place, like, do you guys expect NBA teams to, to follow this, or are there some owners, I don't know, Dan Gilbert, Tillman Fertitta, who are not going to do this, right? Like, I, like I, 
because you've seen it. It's kind of I don't want to say trendy, but I guess it is kind of trendy of like now teams are making it like known that, hey, we're going to give voting day off. It's a paid day off to our employees. We're going to make sure all of our employees have the time and, you know, resources to go vote, which is great. That's how it should be in a country where the government's decided by voting anyway, but it's not that way everywhere, right? And so I I wonder if the Hawks doing this and them, and maybe they're not getting enough praise for this, but I do wonder like how many teams will follow suit. And I think that brings up an interesting question about just what are the owner's interests in this? And obviously the there are a lot of black players in the NBA, but owners and professional sports owners in in some cases have totally different perspectives on things than their players do. And in some cases use their money to take up causes that directly clash with what the majority of the players may want. And and voting, like the 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 Hawks thing, like I think that's a, a very, very good step. But I also wonder how many owners are are actually in this fight with the players and and how many owners actually want the same things that the players do. I, I don't think their interests necessarily go hand in hand. Yeah, I mean historically they do not. Yeah. And, right. And so and and that that's where the change needs to come to me is like the players need to convince the owners to to use their clout and, and use it in a way that will promote good change. But also also they need to know that that's going to come with concessions made on their side. Um, yes, because they have such a relationship where, you know, they collectively bargain um, all of the stuff within the league, if they come to the league and say, we want you guys to, you know, use these re- use resources to do X, Y, and Z, the owners are going to say, okay, cool. Now you got to do this. Cause at the end of the day, I don't think the owner, <laughs> I don't think the owners are too worried about being seen as not the greatest allies of black people. Um, just generally in America, I don't know that that's something it's they care only going to be something they care about if it affects the bottom line. Right. And that's the thing with a lot of these owners, almost every single owner has another viable business outside of the NBA. Now we'll see how that works with Tillman Fertitta and his, you know, his businesses with the restaurants and everything. We'll see how that works with Mickey Harrison and, um, you know, the cruise line. But for the most part, these owners are not tied to, you know, their wealth is not tied to just this NBA team. And so like Waz is right. Like that, that's, that's something that's going to have to be bargained. That's a bargaining chip. And like, let's be honest, like that is a massive bargaining chip in the favor of the owners. If they want to, if they even want to entertain the idea and potentially risk any of those relationships outside of the NBA, because again, like the NBA is not their focus. Nobody. <laughs> I mean, I just you know, I just. No, no. I mean, I that was a good talk. point to, to to put it at the end. I, don't know. <laughs> I, was just, I was just like, okay, cool. I mean, I like I I don't know that I don't know that they I, I'm with it. Like, I don't know that they would even care. There's some will care. Like, they'll, again, they'll only care if it affects the bottom line. Mm-hmm. Well, it's it's a business, and money is the yeah. most important thing with all of this stuff. Like, that's the important thing to remember. Don't don't. <laughs> Don't listen to what they say. L- listen to what you know. 
that it is a business and it exists to make money. So, all right. So, will the NBA will the NBA feel pressure as a whole? Is there any way for Adam Silver to to affect this this change, or is that asking way too much? Because again, I, I do wonder how many people know. Like Adam Silver doesn't run the NBA. Are people having this? He's just the uh, he's just the vocal point for the owners. Are people having this conversation about Roger Goodell? Like no, because everyone knows that NFL's evil, right? I understand, <laughs> but like it just seems like That's we gave problem. up on the NFL. It just <laughs> seems like we we throw a lot on the shoulders of. Um, the NBA players in particular and Adam Silver. And it just seems a little like misplaced. I mean, the, well, I think we the really should be. Though, we're right? just not, we're not, we're not there yet. We're not there yet. Right. Either, Dave. But like, I, I just, they haven't reported to yeah. camp. They haven't did anything. So this is what's the focal point because the NBA is happening so mm-hmm. soon. And so rapidly. Um, that's why the, that's why the attention more so focuses on that. I mean, when you think about, everybody's kind of waiting on the NBA to succeed in this situation and then they can kind of follow suit. And every, even though Fauci and other people are shaking their head and saying, no, um, these, these other organizations have way more players to, to focus on. And also like the disciplinary action of just trying to keep somebody, you know, I think the NFL does a good job with their curfews and stuff before games, which the NBAs don't have curfews. Um, but they have about 60 players, you know what right, I mean? Yeah. Versus these 12 to 15 people that you could just kind of throw in one little. But it's, uh, Trey, it's also easier to, to enforce that when you just have to worry about one night before a game a week, right? Yeah. Like it's, it's a yeah. little easier to, to enforce it. But I mean, Trey, you just brought up a good point. Like what, what's the enforcement going to be like when players break this bubble, when players like go against what the, the rules and the guidelines are? Cause you know, that's going to happen. So I was looking at it like I compared it to like Memorial Day weekend in Arizona, how everybody flocked here. Right. I feel by week two, week three, guys are just going to get uneasy. Right. They're just going to be like, whatever. Like, I'm going to hang out with my boy. I don't care. Like at this point, like this is dumb. Somebody's going to take their ring off. Somebody's going to go outside the bubble and do whatever they please and come back like Players lack discipline. That's the thing. I think the only vet guys are going to be like kind of trying to keep young guys focused and stuff like that. But you only can sit down for so long. And, and you know, General America be saying like, you're making a million dollars. How can you not do this? It's the same way you tell somebody like, how can you not, how can you not smoke weed? You know what I mean? And not play. You know what right. I mean? Like it's, it's just the restriction part, like not being able to sometimes it's, it's hard for some people. They're just defiant. They can't the same way guys get in trouble for rookie transition program. You're like, it's only a couple days. Don't do anything. Don't do anything stupid. You'll be I've fine. Had- what do they do? Get sneaking a girl <laughs> in or getting calls. And it'd be three days. It'd be three, four days. I've had. So, oh, um, sorry. I've had a few people in the NBA tell me that it's going to be a real issue for players not to have girls for three months. And I've had one person tell me he thinks guys will sneak girls into the bubble. Guys will leave the bubble to go see girls. Like he thinks that is going to become a real issue and of something that, that actually pops up and, and will have to be covered. <laughs> and it's like, that's just weird. But, but it's like three months for 
guys that are used to all sorts of freedom is a long time to go without your normal forms of entertainment. And I know they have ping pong and I know they have pedicures and I know they tried to put some entertainment in the bubble, but that's, that's not the type of entertainment that a lot of these yeah, guys I mean, I typically know what, know what's going toward. You know what? I wish I could have sex, but at least they got a DJ. Like, that's not, <laughs> like, no, like, no one's well, they're going to get to watch Black Widow early, you know? Sure. Yeah, you get to watch well, Black Widow, for, of course. I wonder how they're going to do it with they have a bowling alley and access to a golf course, right? And I think golf is probably the easiest social distance, non-contact, spatial thing. But, yeah. but bowling, touching the ball, it's rolling through the same little... Yeah, that area. doesn't see unless they have just like a disinfectant mister that is in front of that, you know, kind of release for the if, bowling ball. But is there really a disinfectant that just is just knocking this thing oh, out? Oh, no, the park? of course not. But like, I mean, nothing, <laughs> nothing we're doing is actually working. Like, because we just go outside with no, with no mask, like, <laughs> as yeah. a country. But you know what? I actually found a solution for this, right? I just thought of this as Jay was talking about, you know, guys. Pornhub? Guy, yeah, <laughs> Pornhub. It's just free subscriptions to Pornhub. Um, no, it's, it's, you know, if they, if these guys are going to have to be quote unquote locked, you know, locked up without women coming through for three months, you have to allow fighting because there's going to be a lot of pent up frustration. You have to allow fighting in the NBA. So there can't be suspensions. There can't be any of that. They're not going to spill into the stands where they can hurt fans or whatever. It just like, you gotta, for the next, next three months, you want to fight and you're frustrated. Go ahead. Now you're gonna get you know a technical foul or something like that, but there no you know kind of like there are no no ramifications for if you're smoking weed in the bubble or you're smoking weed leading up to the bubble. In this one, you get to fight. I think it's the only way. I don't hate it. Bubble fights. <laughs> I'm, so are these just on court fights or are these like set set them up in a? a I I no, think I think you get a box I think you can have no. I think you can have. Look, we're going to have room there, right? So I think you could set up a boxing ring or or an octagon or something off the court. But I think you you have like you can have an on-court skirmish or if if things get really heated, you can challenge that guy. And how about this? Team that loses the fight, the guy that loses the fight, you lose a timeout for your team. It's like a coach's challenge. Who's the king of the Are, fighting bubble? Can we add penalty boxes? Oh, so Power you have like plays? four on five. Feels like Uh-oh. I was gonna say it feels like we're getting gimmicky here, but also you know <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna play an AAU tournament we're for getting, the NBA. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yes, that train has left the station. Yeah, so, <laughs> so yeah, I think we should allow fighting for for just this one. And this isn't a thing of like, oh, in the future, you know, this is gonna open the doors to allowing fighting. No, as long as there are no fans in the stands, which might be a while. You know, it might be next year too. Um, I think we should allow fighting. Just let it go. Just let it go. I think we should allow fighting anyway. Um, just like <laughs> obviously, um, you can't. No, not, was that's so irresponsible. You cannot risk like Marcus <laughs> Morris and you know Javale McGee fighting and having spilling over into the stands where they would hurt Chris Pratt. You just can't have that happen. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I just think they should be a lot like obviously you don't let them fight for prolo, but like it shouldn't be this big deal, like where something besides getting kicked out of that game happens. And even then I'm like, shouldn't you really get kicked out for every fight that happens? I just think we overreact to NBA fights 
period. Um, now sanctioning it, like it's the octagon. I don't know about that, <laughs> but you know, I would like to see them let people fight because fans love that shit. When people are at home or in a bar watching the game and something just spontaneously pops up, everybody stands up, everybody gets on their feet and it's just like, whoa, that was crazy. So like, I think people actually like the fights. And so that's why I think you should Celtics let Celtics writers get mad because the Celtics used to be like a, a pro fighting roster. You know, it used to be like Jay Crowder <laughs> right. would, would get get into it every game. Marcus Smart was a little crazier when he was younger. It would, <laughs> right. and, and it was like right. Marcus Morris would do God knows what once, once a week. And we, we, there used to always be some sort of petty nonsense going on. And then the Celtics, they, they got like – like I don't want to say normal guys, but more laid back guys, and and it's just it was a huge change for us, and we complain about it all the time. Like give spice it up a little bit, give, give me some trash talking, give, give me a guy getting in somebody's face, give me give me all of that. So I, I'm I think it's pretty clear this is a pro fighting podcast, and I'm <laughs> oh we've always been a pro fighting. I'm podcast. very much That's on the team, one thing team I, beef. I can say. Yeah, <laughs> um, I mean one of the, one of my most. One of the most exciting nights I've ever had watching League Pass was, man, this must have been, it was right after I got League Pass. So this is like 01 or 02. It might have been 02. I don't, I don't think the I had early it. League so Pass it must, days. It must have been, been 02. But it was the Blazers and the Warriors. They were in Oakland. The Blazers and Warriors got in a fight. And I want to say... Somebody punched Chris Mills. Like maybe it was like Bonzi Wells or something. Yeah, Somebody punched yes. Chris Mills. And if anybody knows Chris Mills, you do not punch Chris Mills. Like you like that's one of the dudes you don't you don't fuck with. And I rem- and I and it turned into like not an all out brawl but it like spilled into the tunnel and stuff. I want to say it like happened on the baseline or whatever. And it was like it it was like one of the and I was like, "Oh my god, I get to watch a fight every night in the NBA." Because this was, you know, obviously pre-Malice at the Palace, so things were a little looser. But I just remembered that was, like, one of the most – I want to say, like, maybe there were a couple of buzzer beaters that night and everything. Like, it was just a crazy night of League Pass, and I was like, this is the greatest thing I've ever experienced. And and that was, you know, if we brought that back, you know, maybe the NBA ratings get saved. Who knows? I once asked Celtics players who they would least want to fight in the NBA, and I'll never forget Evan Turner's answer because – He's I've he said a few other guys, but he brought up David West and he said that that's the only man I call sir. <laughs> <laughs> that was yo, uh I saw I saw I was at a I was at a Pacers Wolves game in this must have been either two thousand this must have been two thousand ten or two thousand eleven and Danny Granger and Kevin Love got into it, which was a it's just a funny thing to to picture is those two guys fighting. It's kind of funny. They got into it and Instead of like concentrating on stopping those two guys from fighting, uh, somebody on the Wolves went over to David West and like made sure he was good and wasn't angry. And I believe it was Dante Jones on the Pacers went over to Nikola Pekovic and made sure he was good and he wasn't Yo, angry. Because you couldn't turn this shit into like a fucking Pacific Rim movie where these two monsters were fighting. Yeah, we, we don't need blood sport. No, we don't need blood sport. Right. We don't need any of it. And so that was – I just remember being at that game. They Two of those guys got into it, and they just made sure, all right, the two enforcers, let's make sure they're happy. Let's make sure they don't that's get That's some high right IQ now. basketball right there. That, that is – yeah, that's really where you know those teams were, were locked into the mental part of the game. 
<laughs> yeah, we should bring back fighting for the as long as until fans are back in the stands. Yeah, yeah, you know, because yeah. what's the all right? Obviously, I was gonna say what and I was like gonna I say. Said, what's the worst that could happen? But you know, just mean- Rudy Tom Janovich could happen, right? I guess that's the worst thing that yeah, could happen. Right, that's right. really no, bad. of course. But like, all and right, again, bringing it back would really just mean just legislating it differently mm-hmm. in the bubble. Yes, not making it as big a deal. Yes. You don't have to announce anything. You just have to see physical contact and all of that happen. And then the next day, Silver says, "No, they're good to go to the next game." <laughs> and players are gonna be like, "Oh, okay." And then that way, you don't have the whole announcing fighting, and then. You get all of the, the the usual suspects crying and all of that stuff. Just let it happen because they're they're going to get into altercations. Yeah, it's going to happen. Um, I'm looking up that night in the NBA. I found the night. I found the fight. I found the night. And so we had we had did have a bunch of like down to the wire games, but I think where I got most excited before the fight is I just realized I just came to it that. Uh, New Orleans beat the Supersonics at the buzzer on a Robert Trailer tip-in. <laughs> I think that's I think that's what that and the Chris Mills fight were the two most memorable moments of that night. <laughs> oh, and oh, this, this is the other. <laughs> is the oh. tractor still with? No, us? he passed away. He passed away even, a while ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I knew I didn't. I knew I wasn't making yeah. that up. Um, and here's another thing: Corliss Williamson hit a shot with seven seconds to go for the Pistons to beat a bad Cavs team. The Cavs fell to 5-23 and that night. But here's here's another reason I remember that night so well. Ricky Davis, 42 points in that game for the Cavs in a losing effort. What a league pass night. Tricky Ricky. It was a tricky Ricky. And, he, man, tough night for Dewan Wagner. 14 points on 15 shots. So Ricky Davis, once again. Ricky Davis had 42 points, 8 rebounds, 7 assists, 3 steals that night. Dewan Wagner's kid is a... A legend these days oh, he's he's that legit. that made me feel yeah, so old because i remember yeah. like pre this was it obviously wasn't pre-internet but before like youtube got crazy i can remember dewan wagner was just like like the hype the a hype man hero. yeah he was a folk hero because he scored like a hundred <laughs> some points in a high school game he yeah, was yep. like just one of the guys that was most hyped by far, and he was, cons- and it was like from from his like sophomore yeah. year, he was basically people were just talking about him like this guy is a legend. <laughs> yeah, you know, did his thing at Memphis. Like, um, sucks what happened to him with the you know with the illness and the injuries and stuff. Yeah. Um, all right, I got more from this night. Rasheed Wallace in that game with the fight <laughs> hit a hit a shot with point two seconds left. Uh, to beat the Warriors. And then the story of the suspension. Bonzi Wells drew a two-game suspension for fighting at the end of the game. Rasheed Wallace was fined fifteen grand for attempting to go into the stands. And Chris Mills, uh, as the Blazers bus tried to leave the arena, Chris Mills parked his car in front of it, got out with several friends, and challenged the Blazers. The bus wasn't able to leave until Oakland police arrived to provide an escort. That's fantastic. I, I- Mochik said, uh, Mochik was the coach of the Blazers, said, I've never seen anything like that. That's for sure. I've never seen a guy do anything like that. That was your welcome to league. Joe Blazers is a great book. Joe Blazers is a great book. Yeah, no, that, I'm telling great you, man. Book. If you if we invent time travel, you got to go back to uh, December 20th, 2002. And just turn on League Pass. To be willing Trust to fight that it. entire Blazers, like that Blazers I mean, team. No, Chris Mills is no deal. You have to be like, that is absolutely nuts. Because that Blazers like, team was s- crazy. Right. I re- 
I like I think I think Charles Oakley's probably still everyone's number one, but I think Chris Chris Mills might be like one B. Zebo, like that's a guy you that put Rod just, Str- you got to put Rod Strickland in there too. Don't, Rod, don't yeah, of course, of course, Rod's in there too. He, but Chris Mills, he punched Tracy Murray. He punched. He broke Tracy Murray's nose. <laughs> Teammates, come on, man, come on, man. Put some respect on Rod's name. All right, uh, I think that I think that's gonna do it for this week's episode. Right, I think that was a good yeah. one. Make sure you check out. <laughs> yes, yeah, sounds about check. right. We we hit everything. We hit everything, including a legendary leak past night. Um. We uh we want you to subscribe to the Athletic. If you're not doing that, uh, theathletic.com/slash back-to-back or theathletic.com/slash daily ding. Get our our latest uh, our latest deal on joining the Athletic. You can comment on this podcast. You can follow this podcast. You get all kinds of updates whenever a new episode posts. Let us know what a great job we're doing in the comment section. Of course, you can read all of our coverage at the Athletic. Read everybody. You got you know David Aldridge, Sham Sharania, Sam Amick, Zach Harper. Uh, who else we got? We got John Krasinski. We got Zach Harper. We got uh, Jay King. <laughs> uh, we got Wozni Lambert. We got Zach Harper. And, you know, any of those writers, we can do any of those. Make sure you're subscribing to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. Leave a review if you can. You know what? Even unsubscribe and resubscribe. Do that whole gaming the, the system. You know, they're basing all this crap on algorithms now. Let's make the algorithms work for us. That's how you do advanced stats, Dave. That's the, that's, that's the it. analytics move. That's it. Is you you make the algorithm work for you. That's right. And uh, keep it locked in here, right on the Athletic for all of our other podcasts. I'm Zach Harbour for Javon Edwards, Dave DeFour, Jake King, Wazi Lambert, and Jade Hoy. This has been the Back to Back Podcast. <laughs> <laughs>